Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 1. From Paul, chosen by God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, and from Sosthenes, who is also a follower, to God's church in Corinth. Christ Jesus chose you to be his very own people, and you worship in his name, as we and all others do who call him Lord. My prayer is that God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ will be kind to you and will bless you with peace. I never stop thanking my God for being kind enough to give you Christ Jesus, who helps you speak and understand so well. Now you are certain that everything we told you about our Lord Christ Jesus is true. You're not missing out on any blessings as you wait for him to return, and until the day Christ does return, he will keep you completely innocent. God can be trusted, and he chose you to be partners with his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends, as a follower of our Lord Jesus Christ, I beg you to get along with each other. Don't take sides. Always try to agree in what you think. Several people from Chloe's family have already reported to me that you keep arguing with each other. They have said that some of you claim to follow me, while others claim to follow Apollos or Peter or Christ. Has Christ been divided up? Was I nailed to a cross for you? Were you baptised in my name? I thank God that I didn't baptise any of you except Crispus and Gaius. Not one of you can say that you were baptised in my name. I did baptise the family of Stephanus, but I don't remember if I baptised anyone else. Christ did not send me to baptise. He sent me to tell the good news without using big words that would make the cross of Christ lose its power. The message about the cross doesn't make any sense to lost people. But for those of us who are being saved, it is God's power at work. As God says in the Scriptures, I will destroy the wisdom of all who claim to be wise. I will confuse those who think they know so much. What happened to those wise people? What happened to those experts in the Scriptures? What happened to the ones who think they have all the answers? Didn't God show that the wisdom of this world is foolish? God was wise and decided not to let the people of this world use their wisdom to learn about him. Instead, God chose to save only those who believe the foolish message we preach. Jews ask for miracles, and Greeks want something that sounds wise. But we preach that Christ was nailed to a cross. Most Jews have problems with this, and most Gentiles think it is foolish. Our message is God's power and wisdom for the Jews and the Greeks that he has chosen. Even when God is foolish, he is wiser than everyone else, and even when God is weak, he is stronger than everyone else. My dear friends, remember what you were when God chose you. The people of this world didn't think that many of you were wise. Only a few of you were in places of power, and not many of you came from important families. But God chose the foolish things of this world to put the wise to shame. He chose the weak things of this world to put the powerful to shame. What the world thinks is worthless, useless and nothing at all is what God has used to destroy what the world considers important. God did all this to keep anyone from boasting to him. You are God's children. He sent Christ Jesus to save us and to make us wise, acceptable 
and holy. So if you want to boast, do what the scriptures say and boast about the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Friends, when I came and told you the mystery that God had shared with us, I didn't use big words or try to sound wise. In fact, while I was with you, I made up my mind to speak only about Jesus Christ, who had been nailed to a cross. At first I was weak and trembling with fear. When I talked with you or preached, I didn't try to prove anything by sounding wise. I simply let God's Spirit show his power. That way you would have faith because of God's power and not because of human wisdom. We do use wisdom when speaking to people who are mature in their faith, but it isn't the wisdom of this world or of its rulers who will soon disappear. We speak of God's hidden and mysterious wisdom that God decided to use for our glory long before the world began. The rulers of this world didn't know anything about this wisdom. If they had known about it, they would not have nailed the glorious Lord to a cross. But it is just as the scriptures say. What God has planned for people who love him is more than eyes have seen or ears have heard. It has never even entered our minds. God's Spirit has shown you everything. His Spirit finds out everything, even what is deep in the mind of God. You are the only one who knows what is in your own mind, and God's Spirit is the only one who knows what is in God's mind. But God has given us his spirit. That's why we don't think the same way that the people of this world think. That's also why we can recognize the blessings that God has given us. Every word we speak was taught to us by God's spirit, not by human wisdom. And this same spirit helps us teach spiritual things to spiritual people. That's why only someone who has God's spirit can understand spiritual blessings. Anyone who doesn't have God's spirit thinks these blessings are foolish. People who are guided by the Spirit can make all kinds of judgments, but they cannot be judged by others. The Scriptures ask, Has anyone ever known the thoughts of the Lord or given him advice? But we understand what Christ is thinking. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 my friends, you're acting like the people of this world. That's why I could not speak to you as spiritual people. You're like babies as far as your faith in Christ is concerned, so I had to treat you like babies and feed you milk. You could not take solid food, and you still cannot, because you're not yet spiritual. You're jealous and argue with each other. This proves that you're not spiritual and that you're acting like the people of this world. Some of you say that you follow me, and others claim to follow Apollos. Isn't that how ordinary people behave? Apollos and I are merely servants who helped you to have faith. It was the Lord who made it all happen. I planted the seeds, Apollos watered them, but God made them sprout and grow. What matters isn't those who planted or watered, but God, who made the plants grow. The one who plants is just as important as the one who waters and each one will be paid for what they do. Apollos and I work together for God, and you are God's garden and God's building. God was kind and let me become an expert builder. I laid a foundation on which others have built, but we must each be careful how we build, because Christ is the only foundation. 
Whatever we build on, that foundation will be tested by fire on the Day of Judgment. Then everyone will find out if we've used gold, silver and precious stones, or wood, hay and straw. We will be rewarded if our building is left standing. But if it is destroyed by the fire, we will lose everything. Yet, we ourselves will be saved, like someone escaping from flames. All of you know that you are God's temple, and that his spirit lives in you. Together, you are God's holy temple. And God will destroy anyone who destroys his temple. Don't fool yourselves. If any of you think you are wise in the things of this world, you will have to become foolish before you can be truly wise. This is because God considers the wisdom of this world to be foolish. It's just as the scriptures say, God catches the wise when they try to outsmart him. The scriptures also say, The Lord knows that the plans made by wise people are useless. So stop boasting about what anyone has done. Paul and Apollos and Peter all belong to you. In fact, everything is yours, including the world, life, death, the present and the future. Everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 Think of us as servants of Christ who have been given the work of explaining God's mysterious ways. And since our first duty is to be faithful to the one we work for, it doesn't matter to me if I'm judged by you or even by a court of law. In fact, I don't judge myself. I don't know of anything against me, but that doesn't prove that I am right. The Lord is my judge, so don't judge anyone until the Lord returns. He will show what is hidden in the dark and what is in everyone's heart. Then God will be the one who praises each of us. Friends, I have used Apollos and myself as examples to teach you the meaning of the saying, follow the rules. I want you to stop saying that one of us is better than the other. What is so special about you? What do you have that you were not given? And if it was given to you, how can you boast? Are you already satisfied? Are you now rich? Have you become kings while we are still nobodies? I wish you were kings. Then we could have a share in your kingdom. It seems to me that God has put us apostles in the worst possible place. We're like prisoners on their way to death. Angels and the people of this world just laugh at us. Because of Christ, we're thought of as fools. But Christ has made you wise. We are weak and hated, but you are powerful and respected. Even today, we go hungry and thirsty and don't have anything to wear except rags. We're ill-treated and don't have a place to live. We work hard with our own hands, and when people abuse us, we wish them well. When we suffer, we are patient. When someone curses us, we answer with kind words. Until now, we are thought of as nothing more than the trash and rubbish of this world. I'm not writing to embarrass you. I want to help you, just as parents help their own dear children. Ten thousand people may teach you about Christ, but I am your only father. You became my children when I told you about Christ Jesus, and I want you to be like me. That's why I sent Timothy to you. I love him like a son, and he is a faithful servant of the Lord. Timothy will tell you what I do to follow Christ, 
and how it agrees with what I always teach about Christ in every church. Some of you think I'm not coming for a visit and so you are boasting. But if the Lord lets me come, I will soon be there. Then I will find out if the ones who are doing all this boasting really have any power. God's kingdom isn't just a lot of words. It is power. What do you want me to do when I arrive? Do you want me to be hard on you or to be kind and gentle? 1 Corinthians chapter 5 I've heard terrible things about some of you. In fact, you are behaving worse than the Gentiles. A man is even sleeping with his own stepmother. You're proud when you ought to feel bad enough to chase away anyone who acts like that. I am only with you in my thoughts, but in the name of our Lord Jesus I have already judged this man as though I were with you in person. So when you meet together, and the power of the Lord Jesus is with you, I will be there too. You must then hand that man over to Satan. His body will be destroyed, but his spirit will be saved when the Lord Jesus returns. Stop being proud. Don't you know how a little yeast can spread through the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast. Then you will be like fresh bread, made without yeast. And that is what you are. Our Passover lamb is Christ, who has already been sacrificed. So don't celebrate the festival by being evil and sinful, which is like serving bread made with yeast. Be pure and truthful, and celebrate by using bread made without yeast. In my other letter, I told you not to have anything to do with immoral people, but I wasn't talking about the people of this world. You would have to leave this world to get away from everyone who is immoral or greedy or who cheats or worships idols. I was talking about your own people who are immoral or greedy or worship idols or curse others or get drunk or cheat. Don't even eat with them. Why should I judge outsiders? Aren't we supposed to judge only church members? God judges everyone else. The scriptures say, Chase away any of your own people who are evil. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 When one of you has a complaint against another, do you take your complaint to a court of sinners or do you take it to God's people? Don't you know that God's people will judge the world? And if you're going to judge the world, can't you settle small problems? Don't you know that we will judge angels? And if that is so, we can surely judge everyday matters. Why do you take everyday complaints to judges who are not respected by the church? I say this to your shame. Aren't any of you wise enough to act as a judge between one follower and another? Why should one of you take another to be tried by unbelievers? When one of you takes another to court, all of you lose. It would be better to let yourselves be cheated and robbed. But instead you cheat and rob other followers. Don't you know that evil people won't have a share in the blessings of God's kingdom? Don't fool yourselves. No one who is immoral, or worships idols, or is unfaithful in marriage, or is a pervert, or behaves like a homosexual, will share in God's kingdom. Neither will any thief or greedy person or drunkard or anyone who curses and cheats others. Some of you used to be like that. But now the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the power of God's Spirit have washed you.
and made you holy and acceptable to God. Some of you say, we can do anything we want to. But I tell you that not everything is good for us. So I refuse to let anything have power over me. You also say food is meant for our bodies and our bodies are meant for food. But I tell you that God will destroy them both. We're not supposed to do indecent things with our bodies. We're to use them for the Lord who is in charge of our bodies. God will raise us from death by the same power that he used when he raised our Lord to life. Don't you know that your bodies are part of the body of Christ? Is it right for me to join part of the body of Christ to a prostitute? No, it isn't. Don't you know that a man who does that becomes part of her body? The scriptures say the two of them will be like one person. But anyone who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him. Don't be immoral in matters of sex. That is a sin against your own body in a way that no other sin is. You know that your body is a temple where the Holy Spirit lives. The Spirit is in you and is a gift from God. You are no longer your own. God paid a great price for you. So use your body to honour God. One Corinthians, chapter seven. Now I will answer the questions that you asked in your letter. You asked, "Is it best for people not to marry?" Well, having your own husband or wife should keep you from doing something immoral. Husbands and wives should be fair with each other about having sex. A wife belongs to her husband instead of to herself. And a husband belongs to his wife instead of to himself. So don't refuse sex to each other, unless you agree not to have sex for a little while in order to spend time in prayer. Then Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. In my opinion, that is what should be done. Though I don't know of anything the Lord said about this matter. I wish that all of you were like me, but God has given different gifts to each of us. Here's my advice for people who have never been married and for widows: you should stay single just as I am. But if you don't have enough self-control, then go ahead and get married. After all, it's better to marry than to burn with desire. I instruct married couples to stay together, and this is exactly what the Lord Himself taught: a wife who leaves her husband should either stay single or go back to her husband, and a husband. Should not leave his wife. I don't know of anything else the Lord said about marriage. All I can do is give you my own advice. If your wife isn't a follower of the Lord but is willing to stay with you, don't divorce her. If your husband isn't a follower but is willing to stay with you, don't divorce him. Your husband or wife who isn't a follower is made holy by having you as a partner. This also makes your children holy. And keeps them from being unclean in God's sight. If your husband or wife isn't a follower of the Lord and decides to divorce you, then you should agree to it. You're no longer bound to that person. After all, God chose you and wants you to live at peace. And besides, how do you know if you will be able to save your husband or wife who isn't a follower? In every church, I tell the people to stay as they were when the Lord Jesus chose them, and God called them to be His own. Now I say the same thing to you. 
If you are already circumcised, don't try to change it. If you are not circumcised, don't get circumcised. Being circumcised or uncircumcised isn't really what matters. The important thing is to obey God's commands. So don't try to change what you were when God chose you. Are you a slave? Don't let that bother you. But if you can win your freedom, you should. When the Lord chooses slaves, they become his free people. And when he chooses free people, they become slaves of Christ. God paid a great price for you, so don't become slaves of anyone else. Stay what you were when God chose you. I don't know of anything that the Lord said about people who have never been married, but I will tell you what I think, and you can trust me because the Lord has treated me with kindness. We are now going through hard times, and I think it's best for you to stay as you are. If you are married, stay married. If you are not married, don't try to get married. It isn't wrong to marry, even if you've never been married before, but those who marry will have a lot of trouble, and I want to protect you from that. My friends, what I mean is that the Lord will soon come. And it won't matter if you're married or not. It will be all the same if you are crying or laughing, or if you are buying or are completely broke. It won't make any difference how much good you are getting from this world or how much you like it. The world as we know it is now passing away. I want all of you to be free from worry. An unmarried man worries about how to please the Lord, but a married man has more worries. He must worry about the things of this world because he wants to please his wife. So he is pulled in two directions. Unmarried women and women who have never been married worry only about pleasing the Lord, and they keep their bodies and minds pure. But a married woman worries about the things of this world because she wants to please her husband. What I'm saying is for your own good. It isn't to limit your freedom. I want to help you to live right and to love the Lord above all else. But suppose you are engaged to someone old enough to be married and you want her so much that all you can think about is getting married, then go ahead and marry. There is nothing wrong with that. But it is better to have self-control and to make up your mind not to marry. It is perfectly all right to marry, but it is better not to get married at all. A wife should stay married to her husband until he dies. Then she is free to marry again, but only to a man who is a follower of the Lord. However, I think I'm obeying God's spirit when I say she would be happier to stay single. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 In your letter you asked me about food offered to idols. All of us know something about this subject, but knowledge makes us proud of ourselves, while love makes us helpful to others. In fact, People who think they know so much don't know anything at all. But God has no doubts about who loves him. Even though food is offered to idols, we know that none of the idols in this world are alive. After all, there's only one God. Many things in heaven and on earth are called gods and lords, but none of them really are gods or lords. We have only one God, and he is the Father. He created everything and we live for him. Jesus Christ is our only Lord. Everything was made by him, and by him life was given to us. Not everyone knows these things. In fact, many people have grown up with the belief that idols have life in them. 
So when they eat meat offered to idols, they are bothered by a weak conscience. But food doesn't bring us any closer to God. We are no worse off if we don't eat, and we are no better off if we do. Don't cause problems for someone with a weak conscience just because you have the right to eat anything. You know all this, and so it doesn't bother you to eat in the temple of an idol. But suppose a person with a weak conscience sees you and decides to eat food that's been offered to idols. Then what you know has destroyed someone Christ died for. When you sin by hurting a follower with a weak conscience, you sin against Christ. So if I hurt one of the Lord's followers by what I eat, I will never eat meat as long as I live. One Corinthians, chapter nine. I am free. I am an apostle. I have seen the Lord Jesus, and have led you to have faith in Him. Others may think that I am not an apostle, but you are proof that I am an apostle to you. When people question me, I tell them that Barnabas and I have the right to our food and drink. We each have the right to marry one of the Lord's followers and to take her along with us, just as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Peter do. Are we the only ones who have to support ourselves by working at another job? Do soldiers pay their own salaries? Don't people who raise grapes eat some of what they grow? Don't shepherds get milk from their own goats? I'm not saying this on my own authority. The law of Moses tells us not to muzzle an ox when it is grinding grain. But was God concerned only about an ox? No, He wasn't. He was talking about us. This was written in the Scriptures so that all who plow and all who grind the grain will look forward to sharing in the harvest. When we told the message to you, it was like planting spiritual seed. So we have the right to accept material things as our harvest from you. If others have the right to do this, we have an even greater right. But we haven't used this right of ours. We are willing to put up with anything to keep from causing trouble for the message about Christ. Don't you know that people who work in the temple make their living from what is brought to the temple? Don't you know that a person who serves at the altar is given part of what is offered? In the same way, the Lord wants everyone who preaches the good news to make a living from preaching this message. But I have never used these privileges of mine, and I'm not writing this because I want to start now. I would rather die than let someone rob me of the right to take pride in this. I don't have any reason to boast about preaching the good news. Preaching is something God told me to do, and if I don't do it, I'm doomed. If I preach because I want to, I will be paid. But even if I don't want to, it is still something God has sent me to do. What pay am I given? It's the chance to preach the good news free of charge, and not to use the privileges that are mine because I am a preacher. I am not anyone's slave, but I have become a slave to everyone, so that I can win as many people as possible. When I am with the Jews, I live like a Jew to win Jews. They are ruled by the law of Moses, and I am not. But I live by the law to win them. And when I am with people who are not ruled by the law, I forget about the law to win them. Of course, I never really forget about the law of God. In fact, I'm ruled by the law of Christ. When I am with people whose faith is weak, I live as they do to win them. 
I do everything I can to win everyone I possibly can. I do all this for the good news because I want to share in its blessings. You know that many runners enter a race and only one of them wins the prize. So run to win. Athletes work hard to win a crown that cannot last. But we do it for a crown that will last forever. I don't run without a goal. And I don't box by beating my fists in the air. I keep my body under control and make it my slave so I won't lose out after telling the good news to others.